0: Okay, um you ready?
1: Yeah Nobody's yeah. listening this time so you can I, do whatever you want. It's not I, live.
0: <laughs> I, I know it's not, I know it's not live but as soon as you hit, as soon as you hit the button oh
1: I, I, hit, I hit it already.
0: You hit it already you should have warned me. I'm trying to get a,
1: some good cold open content we're here. gonna get
0: we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a gag reel here. yeah so yeah, we have gotta watch watch what we say. All right. hi everybody welcome to we can do this all day my name is mark and with me is my co-host emily emily how are you doing this evening
1: i'm good that was a great one
0: why well, thank you very much we are like i said this is po- this podcast is called we can do this all day and if you're a marvel fan you probably know what that means we are going to be reviewing all of the movies in the marvel cinematic universe going through we're going to go through the movies a little differently than the release order. We're going to go through the movies in the chronological order in which they appear within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, instead of starting out with Iron Man, which was technically the first movie <laughs> released in that series, we're going to start with Captain America: The First Avenger since that one takes place before any of the others. So, we'll we'll do that and then uh, a couple weeks after that, we'll do Captain Marvel which will present all sorts of interesting challenges because although it's technically the... It's technically sort of chronologically the second movie in the series, it's one of the more recent ones. So that'll be kind of interesting. But um, that's the show. We're going to be doing this. We're hoping to churn out a couple of these every month. And let's get started. Emily, how did you get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
1: So I was thinking about this earlier. I'm not entirely sure how I got into Marvel. Um, I definitely, as a kid... And we've talked about this a couple times, sort of off podcast. I was really into the Power Rangers when I was a kid. When I was like four, five, six. um, I used to, from daycare, if my mom did not pick me up at the right time so that I could get home and watch the Power Rangers, it was catastrophe. So that's sort of where it started. And then it transitioned slowly but surely into X-Men. And I couldn't tell you which of the cartoons it was. But... X-Men was my jam for a super long time. I have every movie. I don't care about the plot holes. I don't care about the bad storytelling. <laughs> Me and X-Men, all day, every day. I And the more that I thought about this, the first MCU movie that I saw was Iron Man, mm-hmm. which is why I whooped earlier.
0: Right. For most of us, it was our first.
1: And so I watched that, I think probably with my dad. And that's just sort of where it got started. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was really solidly interested or into it until probably like Winter Soldier rolled around, which we'll of course talk about a lot.
0: We will, yes. <laughs> Those of you listening at home, we will have a lot to say about Winter Soldier later on.
1: It's going to be like the longest episode. That one and like Endgame probably just to even it out.
0: Well, just think of it. Between I mean, that Infinity War and Endgame, well, we got a lot of, we're going to have a lot of uh, kind of high profile ones coming up, but yeah we got to start somewhere.
1: So that's me. It's pretty simple basic story but all right what about you
0: well it's kind of funny you know i've been you know i've been reading i'm in my late 40s right now i've been reading comic books since i was a kid but i grew up a a dc guy you know i was a big fan of the justice league and superman and aquaman and the flash and green lantern and i read i never picked up a marvel book until many many years later Um, I I was reading comics, you know, until I went off to college and then I, I stopped reading for a good, like 20 years. I took a long, like 20 year hiatus from comics and I got back into them around, um, around 2009, uh, short, the year before that, the first Iron Man movie came out and I saw that I thought, wow, this is really cool. But it was not enough to necessarily get me back to reading the comics, but it was I still went to go see the movies because I enjoyed Iron Man, and uh, when ultimately when Thor and Captain America: The First Avenger came out in the summer of 2011, I went and saw them, and that's kind of what that's kind of what really got me hooked, Um, because especially especially Cap, there was there was just something there was something about Captain America. I don't know if it was Steve Rogers, the character, or the shield, or his abilities, or that really cool uh, that great pulp pulpy world war ii story that we got in that film but that really grabbed me and so from that point on shortly thereafter i started reading the marvel comics and so there in in, in 2011 when i was in my early you know in my early in my late 30s i started reading marvel comics for the first time and i began to follow the movies really closely at that point So in the following year, of course, Avengers came out and I was, uh, I was there on opening, I was there on opening day. I took a day off. (laughs) Well, I was, I was a stay-at-home parent at that time. So, you know, hard to say I took a day off because you don't really take a day off when you're a parent, but I was able to take some time off and go see that. And that's, that's kind of how that, and I've been a fan ever since. It's, it's kind of my People who know me know I'm a huge Star Trek fan. That's always going to be that's always going to be my number one franchise. But if you were to take that off the table, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe would probably be the right on its heels. So that's how we got into the Marvel movies. And as I said, we're going to go in this podcast. We're going to watch the movies on our own and then come back and do reviews of each one in the chronological order in which they appear. But we figured for this introductory episode before just diving right in, we thought we would talk about our top five MCU movies. Uh, this is something that Emily and I in the years we've known each other have done quite a bit. And those, those lists have gone through many, many, many revisions over the years. I think mine has changed two or three times in just the last six months. And, uh, and it's like, you know, we haven't even had a movie. We haven't mine even is, had an MCU movie in, in, in over a year now. So.
1: Mine has definitely changed. I think you might be surprised at what's on my list now.
0: I think mine might have changed. I think mine actually changed uh, just last week while we were putting together our show notes for this episode. I, had a, I was struggling with number five, and I kept, I kept jockeying back and forth between two movies, and I finally had to buckle down and pick one, and it was hard. But why don't you? Why don't we start with? Why don't we start with our number fives? What is your? What's your number five, Emily?
1: My number five is Captain America: Civil War.
0: Civil War. Uh, mm-hmm. Why did you? Why? Uh, what, uh, clearly, it's it's not number one, two, three, or four, but it's obviously in your top five. What gets it into that upper echelon for you?
1: I really like the story, and I appreciate getting to see post Winter Soldier Bucky. Only because I feel like there were so many parts in different movies, like in Ultron, when they were like, they talked about Bucky for two seconds, and I had just been waiting for Bucky post what happened in Winter Soldier, and I mean, of course, this is a long-standing joke between us, the date that Tony's parents got killed by HYDRA is my actual birthday,
0: Yes, it is It is Emily's birthday, and so, I in fact, on her, her birthday card, her birthday card this past year at, at work, Emily and I used to work at the same place uh, for for a while, and she was still working at the same place on her birthday this past December, and in the card that everyone in our department, you know, put together for her, I wrote, uh, how are Howard and Maria, something like was it? Howard and Maria Stark died for you.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, it's so brilliant.
1: It's perfect.
0: And and, and uh, those of you listening at home, as you'll find out, Emily has all sorts of stuff to say about Bucky. I do
1: you
0: know, all sorts of stuff to say about Bucky. Bucky's
1: my boy. I can't he, help it.
0: My number five, my number five was Avengers. The first one. Yes, my number all five right. was Avengers, and I and I'll tell you, I. Like I said, I struggled because I for a while, until last week it was Captain America the First Avenger. I love both of these movies so much, but only one of them could have the number 5 slot and four others were in the 1 through 4 slots. But what put Avengers just barely over the top as much as I love Captain America the First Avenger, Avengers is just so re it's very rewatchable for me that's a movie that i can very easily pop in numerous times a year and just watch it endlessly because it's it's so much fun and it's neat to see everybody come together and the battle of new york looks spectacular and it's it's just such a neat fun very comic booky, very comic booky film that was just enough to put it in the top five but uh, believe you me captain america the first avenger is just barely behind it. In fact, if I could, if I could, if I could give it 5.5, that's probably what I would do instead of six. But yeah, Avengers, uh, that's kind of the moment I realized when I saw that in the theater on opening the opening day, seeing everybody come together. And it's like it's the first time we've ever seen multiple superheroes from the same universe occupying the same film Uh, had never been done before. And Mm -hmm. it was extraordinary. And the battle of New York, you see them all working together ultimately, to try to take down Loki and the Chitari and it's glorious. So that's why that's why Avengers uh, kind of just edged edged its way into the top five.
1: And that's one of the things that I think about too when I try to decide. Like even outside of the MCU, like what my favorite movies are is rewatchability. You know, if I can, if I sit down and I want to watch a movie, what movie am I gonna go to? Mm-hmm, right. And so that's a lot of how I've decided. Pretty much any, like, top five movie list that I've ever gone through. Do you want to do top four or your number four?
0: Well, why don't we alternate? Why don't don't you give us your number four?
1: All right. So I'll do my number four. My number four is Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't remember. I used to have a nice, long, extended, all the movies, excluding the few that I haven't seen yet. And I just can't find it anywhere. I've looked... In all of my files, can't find it. But I think Black Panther was pretty near the top in all of my old lists. Um, but I like this one. It's a fun story. It's a nice, sort of solid hero's journey, I think, you know, especially with the like going to see his dad and the ancestral plane and things like that. Um, I love all the research that they put into the movie to make it feel, you know, really authentic. Um, mm. I'm a fan of the bad guys. Killmonger was so fun. <laughs> well, he's one of, he
0: is easily, easily, I don't know if he's necessarily my favorite villain in the MCU, but my God, he's up there. I mean, you, 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 you hear his story and it's like, yeah, he's, he's killed a lot of people and he's going to do some, some pretty bad stuff, but you see what's happened to him. It makes and total like, sense. It makes total sense. And you feel for him. And even in that movie, I mean, you know, T'Challa, is he's he's so mad at his father, who he's grie- whose death he's still grieving, and yet he's upset at him because like, why did you do this to this boy? You know, look what you look what you've you know, look what he's turned into. He could be the death of us all because of a decision, a really bad decision that you made. That is a uh, Black Panther. I mean, and of course we saw the phenomenon that surrounded that when it came out. Uh, that was just that was just something to see. My number four is is Avengers Endgame the 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 culmination of all these years of stories and the the ending to one of the greatest one of the greatest cliffhangers <laughs> that we've ever been given in the medium it's a it's a what a 3 hour movie and i think i saw it in the theater at least 3 times and it never it never felt it never felt long to me it was just uh, just such a beautiful way to end so many of those stories and it like the mcu movies always do there's there's drama there's pathos there's comedy there's action and they found a way to wrap all of that into one package and you know then of course you know that final that final 45 minutes the final 45 minutes of that film is one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen on screen um, and I, you know, like a lot of other people, I, cry, I cried when the portals started opening up at the very <laughs> end. I think every time I went and saw it, I cried when the portals the portals opened up. That was just a beautiful thing to see.
1: I think if Endgame was just, the, and we'll obviously talk about this more, but if it was just the 45-minute fight scene at the end, it would have made it onto my top five.
0: I mean, it that, that's, that scene alone is worth the price of admission.
1: But I'll i guess I'll give it away that it is not on my top five. But <laughs> well, I
0: kind of, I kind of I, I gathered that. What's your number three?
1: My number three is Avengers.
0: Avengers, okay. Yeah. Which
1: I was actually watching it again today because I was trying to see sort of like why do I like it so much, and I think part of it is the rewatchability that I've seen mm. it enough times now that I don't have to stay committed while I watch it. Like I know what's, <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen. My favorite. I think probably of all of the MCU jokes is that um, 12% of a moment joke between Pepper and Tony. (laughs) I love.
0: Wow. That's that's a deep cut in that movie.
1: I love that whole scene. It's so funny. And I think, (laughs) while there's obviously issues with characterization because like different directors have different ideas. Mm -hmm. I think they did everybody pretty well. In this movie. I think Cap was still a little too uptight. But besides that. I thought it was a really great movie. I loved the bit. Where. At least I'm pretty sure it is in this movie. If it's not then I might have to rethink some things. But where Cap says to Tony. "Like You're not the type of guy to lay on the wire. And let the other guy crawl over you. And then he. Tosses the missile into the wormhole. Mm -hmm. And it's like. Because I. For a while, at least until Civil War, I'm gonna give myself away in the first episode. Thought very highly of <laughs> Tony Stark, and obviously, people change. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, he is a good guy, and I still kind of feel some of that when I watch the first Avengers mm-hmm. movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you talk about you know different directors and so forth. You know, I'm I've told you this before in our conversations. I'm I'm not the biggest Joss Whedon fan, but my God, he knew how to hit all the beats so well in this film. He knew his characters. He knows his Marvel. I mean, he's written. He wrote X Men for a number of years in the comics, uh, and you know he we, he helped lay the groundwork for all the films that came after. So I'm as I'm not a huge fan of a lot of his work, but I'm glad he was working on that film because, you know, if, if that if that film if that film had flopped you know we we probably wouldn't be having this podcast right now so i said my number 4 was avengers endgame almost sort of necessarily my number 3 has to be infinity war because it's gotten to the point uh, those those two films obviously so inextricably tied together and i i ranked infinity war a little bit higher because as as much as i love endgame infinity war is so tight. That movie is so tight. There's a lot of stuff thrown in there. And 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 that's one of the reasons I like it. I like it's a very comic booky sort of thing. It's it reads like a sort of an epic comic book miniseries where you've got different teams doing different things in different places. And it had that epic quality to it and there was a lot going on and yet I never felt lost. I always felt like I knew what was going on, where everybody was. It was just a really tight story and it moved along at a clip. You know, it's like a two and a half hour movie, and it feels, you know, like <laughs> kind of ironic. I'm snapping <laughs> my fingers. I didn't even realize I was that. that was unintentional. Um, but I just, I just love that movie. And as and to the to the degree that I loved Avengers because we got to see all the heroes we'd met thus far teaming up for the first time. To see almost everybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe teaming up in that one. Was just really cool, uh, and so I had to put uh, again and re-watchabil- rewatchability. Again, we talked about being a big factor. I've seen Infinity War a number of times since its release, and uh, I have I have uh, I have a very easy time watching that film over and over again. So that's why it's my number three. Are we up to Are we up to two now? We're on two. What's your number two, Emily?
1: My number two is Iron Man.
0: Iron Man, first
1: Iron Man. It was. The first MCU movie, I'm pretty sure that I saw. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Did you see it in the theater?
1: I don't think so. I think I saw it at home. I think my dad had me watch it. Mm -hmm. And my dad, while he is not as talkative as as Tony Stark, is very Tony Mm Stark-esque, I would say. Um, Worked in the defense industry. The Stark Industries logo looks very similar to the logo of the company that he worked for.
0: Those uh, we're, a, we're an audio-only podcast, but uh, for those of you listening at home, I am wearing my Stark Industries t-shirt.
1: And it just felt, it was so different, I think, than any movie that I had seen before. I ha- wasn't, you know, really much of like an action movie, but it was also, in general, the Tony Stark storyline is so like open and honest, kind of, with... Mm-hmm like, dealing with regret and guilt and anxiety and things like that. And to see an action movie actually sort of include all of that, where, like, he sort of had his freak out. And then he was like, well, I've still got to keep going. So, Uh (laughs) like, there's stuff I got to get done. And so that was really fun. I think also one of my favorite memories of, like, the first time I saw that movie is my dad... Talking about you know one of the planes or something in the movie, and he goes, "That's one of our planes from work. They did it all wrong." And I was like, <laughs> "How do you know?" And he said, "Oh well, they asked us for like IP, like intellectual property, if we if they could use it, and we said no." And I was like, well, "Then no wonder it looks wrong."
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: So it has a lot of sort of nostalgic factors. I think one of the few times that I was really really sick in college, like I just had a 24-hour bug or something. I put Iron Man on on my laptop and like put my laptop on the floor and just sort of hung over the edge of the bed and was just like so sick and sad. But I was like, I want to see someone else be sick and sad, too. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, the Iron Man you've got, it was, you know, you've got this. Well, everyone loves a redemption story. And if you if you had to boil it down to the nuts and bolts, that's what Iron Man is. It's, it's a redemption story and you've got this you've got this this guy who's you know he's obviously very flawed he's, he's he's a real jerk he's a real jerk he builds weapons that kill lots of people and he doesn't care and to you know we get to see that change because of this horrible thing that's happened to him and you know and lest we lest we forget this you know was also a big deal because this was the movie that saved robert downey jr's career he couldn't be hired. He couldn't be hired, you know, to save his life because of all the, because of all the personal problems that he had had in the years leading up to that, and the folks at Marvel, you know, took a chance on him because he He hit is was always has been a phenomenal actor, and uh, at first I was kind of kind of the same way people were skeptical when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman back in the eighties. People thought, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Oh, I don't know, but uh, it's absolutely brilliant casting. I mean, every time. I mean, nowadays, all these years later, it, you see Robert Downey Jr. Everyone just sees, oh, that he 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 is Iron Man. You
1: think Tony Stark,
0: yeah. You, you think Tony Stark, and and so that, you know, we get we got one of our staples in the MCU. He's kind of the anchor. Tony Tony and Robert Downey Jr. by extension, have become kind of the one of the main, the if not the main anchor of the MCU for all these years. And and like I said, it revived his career. He he owes he owes all the success he's had in the last you know 12 years to that to that movie. And and yeah, I love that I love that movie too. My number two is uh is is very similar to Iron Man. In fact, it's been compared. It's it's unfortunately been compared very unfavorably to Iron Man. Uh, in the in the four nearly four years since it, its release, my number two is Doctor Strange. Which may not surprise you. I was waiting
1: for it. Yeah. You,
0: you, the Doctor Strange, there's. I had never read any or very little Doctor Strange before that movie came out in November of 2016, and as I probably told you, I was I was not a big fan of Benedict Cumberbatch either, and so I went into this film not really knowing what to expect. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a wizard and sorcerer magic kind of guy, but. There was just something about that movie, the way it the way it rendered this character and this universe, the universe of magic. In fact, I think it was actually it was actually my wife who dis, who also really enjoys that movie who described described it so succinctly why she thinks that movie works. She said, she said she said to me, you know, if you had if you had just told me, you know, verbally what Doctor Strange was about, I would have I would have just said, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. That's completely ridiculous the movie shows you what that universe is like and it all makes sense uh the way you know the way that sort of this universe of this this kind of sorcery underground these protectors and kamar who are constantly training to protect you know protect the earth from mystical threats whereas the avengers protect it from physical threats and the way you've got even just this, of course, you know the cool. I think the shield spells are the coolest. The, the way that the, the way that the magic is visualized in the MCU with all the you know the portals and sort of all the sort of the the fire and brimstone element that when it dissipates it just kind of fizzles out. Uh, the hand shields I think are really cool. Uh, I mean you've seen me you've seen me you've seen me at work practicing the hand shield thing, the tutting as it's called that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch does with his hands to put up the hand shields and make all the spells and stuff like that. And uh, yes, it is a redemption story much like Iron Man. Uh, Stephen Strange, a flawed you know, genius who's very difficult to love, has something really, really horrible happen to him and has to claw his way back. I, I think why I like that movie a little bit more than Iron Man, uh, uh, as much as I liked Iron Man, Tony's transformation is in some ways a little quick for me. Stephen Strange, you know, he, he injures his hands in this horrible auto-accident, and he goes to Camarotage seeking some sort of a miracle cure so that he can go back and be a surgeon again. And he kind of slowly learns, while he's learning how to do the magic and the sorcery, he's slowly learning to be a better person. And I, I just found his transformation into a hero, somewhat, I want to, somewhat more convincing. Uh, they're just, they're just something that I had, I thought had more gravitas to it. So by the time that movie is, it really, it really changes him. I think, you know, if you follow Stephen Strange throughout the MCU from that point forward, he is a really different man. Tony, Tony's, Tony's still a jerk <laughs> pretty much throughout the MCU. I mean, he's a, a nicer jerk as he goes along and obviously a very selfless jerk, but, but there's still elements of that personality that are never going away. And Stephen Strange Uh, he just kind of he absorbs the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme uh, really seriously and I think he takes that he takes that responsibility very seriously where you know when he was practicing medicine he was really cavalier about a lot of stuff. Doctor Strange my number two and so I guess that brings us to that brings us to our number ones. Uh, What could it be? (laughs) What could it what could it possibly be? Emily what is your number one? I have absolutely no idea.
1: You will never guess. Of course not. I, I think I've given enough away just in talking that people should know what my number one is. But I'll say it anyway. It is, of course, Captain America, Winter Soldier.
0: Ah, oh, there we go.
1: Ah, who could have guessed?
0: Excellent, excellent. I never, I never would have guessed in a million years. <laughs> and why is it the best MCU movie to have ever existed, in your opinion?
1: You know, I'm not entirely sure, actually. <laughs> I'm still trying to work on, like... Verbalizing why I like it, but I do keep going back to the first time I saw the trailer for this movie and realizing, like, oh, we're in for it now. We're really deep into it now. You know, because there was emotion and all the baggage that came with all the Iron Man movies and all the stuff that Tony went through. But realizing that there was, I think, even after the first Avengers, I didn't realize how much, like, how vast the universe sort of was. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I knew, like, okay, Cap's from the 40s. I knew that Bucky was Winter Soldier. Like, I came into it knowing that. I wasn't totally free of that. But just, it felt so much darker Mm -hmm. than the other movies. And it was like, oh, like, we're really in for it now. Like, this is, we're not playing around. And I think all the... I loved Natasha and Steve's friendship. I thought that was really solid. I thought, like, both characters, I think, like, that movie, the way those characters were, was my favorite way to see them. Like, their interactions and their interactions with Sam. I thought all that was really fun. But also didn't take away from, like, we're doing a very serious thing here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, this is... This we're having some problems, you know, like in the, and it just felt like it was, sort of like a nice turning point in the universe. It was re-
0: a ve- it was a very big turning point.
1: Yeah, and also you know Sebastian Stan.
0: <gasps> I knew that was coming.
1: He's just he's just, I you knew know, that was
0: coming. <laughs> he he, he, is.
1: he is.
0: He is. He is. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you picked. Winter Soldier is your number one favorite MCU movie because surprise surprise it's my number one too.
1: We were gonna have some problems if it wasn't at least on the top five.
0: We would, <laughs> yeah, we.
1: This would have been a I'm short a, podcast. I'll tell of, you that.
0: But a very short, very short very short podcast, and a seriously tested friendship. If that had been the case, <laughs> I. I I was, you know, I had already by this time I was firmly a, a Captain America fan both in terms of the films and the comics. I was I was hooked and I had read there's a there's a there's a great run on the Captain America comics from the early aughts. It was the run in which the Winter Soldier character was introduced, and, and that was actually a a bit of the source material for this film. Uh, a great run on Captain America by by Ed Brubaker, uh, the writer, and uh, mm-hmm. Steve McNiven, the artist, and it was a very uh, kind of espionage, political thriller kind of take on Captain America, and that's what you got in this movie. This movie was was like a seven. It's been it's been described in many ways as a 1970s political thriller combined with a superhero movie, and you even get, you know, you've even got Robert Redford in it, so there's a certain cachet there. Uh, I, I can't, I just, I don't, I'm not sure where to begin. I, I think I, I, you know, I want to be able to save some of this for that, for that episode later on this year when we do it. But you know, I just, it, you get to see Cap kind of learning, you know, really learning his way around this new world in which he's woken up in. You know, he's, he comes from a place where you know, kind of it's very black and white, good is good, bad is bad. And suddenly he's confronted with all this gray and you know, nick fury is hiding things from him and you know, the, the natasha romanoff is hiding things from him and this i mean he he kind of got a little bit of that in avengers and he's kind of really getting it in winter soldier and he it's, it's him grappling and then of course you know the big the big revelation at the end regarding hydra and shield and it's just wow <laughs> this is the world Welcome, welcome, welcome to, welcome to the present day, Steve Rogers, and yet he has to, you know, he's still, he's still who he is, and he still has his moral compass, and, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do, he's going to do the right thing, almost every single time, and that's what we see, and of course, we get what could be my favorite scene in any MCU movie, Steve riding the motorcycle, out of the triskelion, taking taking down the Quinjet by himself with his shield. I cannot tell you how many times I've pulled up footage of that scene on YouTube. I just watched it over and over and over again and just gone, yes, every time I see it, because it's just so damn cool. So... It's a good movie. It's
1: a fantastic (laughs) movie,
0: and you'll be hearing, everyone will be hearing a lot more about that. I guess, I guess that's it for now. You know, we're going to be we're going to be uh, getting uh, getting to work on uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. That'll be our first film. Hopefully, we'll have that review ready in a couple of weeks. And uh, hopefully, with with a little luck, we'll be able to go through the entire MCU canon. You
1: know,
0: and maybe even by the time by the time we get towards the end, maybe some of the new films will have finally come out. We'll see. We'll see how that goes.
1: This is for posterity's sake recorded during the pandemic times
0: yeah so at this point in time you know it's july 2020 black widow is supposed to come out in november Hmm. whether or not that actually (laughs) happens whether or not i actually go see it oh i'll have to i'll have to think about that so but you know who knows maybe by the time we get around to by the time we finish up with you know spider-man far from home maybe we'll be ready to move into 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 Black Widow territory, but that's a long way off. We're going to work on First Avenger very shortly, and we hope you all join us for that episode. Until then, we'll see everybody later.
1: See you later.